This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I'm, I'm rejoicing. Uh, I've had it took me till about the second end of the second service to figure out where I am. We got to preach. Um, a group of us went out of town this week. I preached out uh, in a little place called Amite. And uh, um, anybody ever heard of Amite? Okay, a few of you heard of Amite. Well, I preached in a little town called Amite, and God was there. And, and here's what I know is that every time I went to say something, the Lord was like, nope, say this. And I'd say it. And then when I wanted to preach what I wanted to preach, he's like, no, preach this. And I'd preach it. And after the service, it was almost unanimous that the people that walked up in, the, in this, this, this church in Amite, uh, uh, Louisiana, and they, um, they came up and said, if, when you said this, and it was one of those things that God wanted us to hear, and God said, no, say this, and when you said this, and when you said this, and when you said this, and, and, and can I just tell you, this is not the sermon I've been working on for eight months. This is what he said to say today. And so uh, I want to read the scripture, and then I want us to pray that we'll hear what he's trying to say. Mark chapter number 9, verse number 50. We're going to be here for a few more weeks. It says this. Salt is good for seasoning. But if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? And I've heard people say, well, it's impossible. But that's not the way this verse reads. It says, hey, look, we need salt to add seasoning. But what do you do when the salt loses its flavor? Well, I'm sure that many of you could come up and give me some, some hacks for what to do when salt ends up, you know, um, being all, you know, stuck in the box or whatever different ways. But, but the scripture tells us what to do in reference to our lives when we've lost our flavor of faith. Here's what he said. You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves. Now notice this, not just you have the quality of salt. But you should have the quality of salt be found among yourselves. That collectively as a whole, we're bringing something in. So that means that one person may be stronger in one area than another. And collectively, we're bringing these things together. And as we bring these things together, God begins to use us as a collective body. Okay? If we're divided from the body, we're not in a healthy position. So collectively, it all comes together and then he said, and it's going to be obvious that you're walking with these qualities of salt because you will be living in, and this is a, not a word that you're probably going to hear spoken much outside of this building right now, but that you live in peace. Can I tell you what that song, when they were singing uh, the, the song of declaration there uh, about the name of Jesus, I just literally felt like a lot of the mud and the dirt that's been thrown in our lives this week was just washing off because the more we elevate Christ, the closer we get to Christ. And when we get near his presence, all of the things of this world just start falling away. That's why worship is so important. It's why it's so significant. 
And so he said, you're going to be able to tell that you have the qualities of salt when you can walk together in unity. How can we scream about unity of the nation when we can't even find unity among the people of God? You see, he said, here's what you have to have. Here's your ingredients list. If you want to make this recipe for a flavorful life, here it is. You have to add the qualities of salt and you have to live in peace with each other. Now, last week we began this teaching, and I'm going to remind you just quickly what we said. We said that we, when we grow tired of, of, of flavorless food, now there's a restaurant that I don't particularly enjoy. I think it may be one of Pastor Danny's favorites, but I go there sometimes with him for lunch because I enjoy having lunch with him. But as we were coming out of the airplane, we looked up and we saw that restaurant. Uh, it said, in that restaurant to go. And the guy with me made this statement. He said, he said interesting, uh, they have microwave food to go. <laughs> Some of you know what restaurant I'm talking about. Just keep it to yourself. Come on now, amen. And uh, they have microwave food to go. And I thought, well, all right. His family's over here knowing which one I'm talking about, probably. Yeah. And, and as we, we were coming out, I thought, you know, it's good. It's, it, 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 it keeps us alive. And there's actually, I've learned some things there that, that the, the fattiest things there I really like. But that doesn't make them good for me. And I thought about how <clears throat> that this thing was. Uh, what I would normally consider flavorless, I've had to learn to find some flavor in. Can I tell you, you should not ha be having to look to find flavor in your faith. Your faith should be adding a variety to who you are. And one of the very significant places that we began was to have that quality of salt that is found in purity, cleanliness, which in faith terms means holiness. We talked about that last week, and we're not going to spend a lot of time there. But when you are living a holy life, that quality of salt will then lead you to the second quality of salt. Are you ready for this? The second quality of salt that we are looking for, and we have to understand, is that it will cause us to become a change agent. And I'm going to give that to you in just a moment. But you see, a life of holiness not only changes you, but also allows you to become a change agent. That's a, a word we use a lot in the corporate world. Upon anything or anyone who comes in contact with you. They actually have uh, positions. It's one of the new millennial positions that they've added to most corporations are change agents. Okay, And the change agents are the, those, those that, watch this, that have or cause or implement a change upon what they encounter. They are to change the way that things are done or they are to change the way ideas are viewed. So what I've come to tell you is when you begin to move on to the second quality of salt, your life is going to become a change agent that's going to change the environments. Listen to me. It's going to change. I feel the Holy Spirit when I'm about to say the environments that you walk into. And when you walk into those environments, you step from uh, just into the room, things will change. When you step up into 
that environment. My, my son-in-law speaks of uh, uh, his job, and as he speaks of his job, he says that, that, that he's had this happen many times as he stepped in to certain areas, that as he stepped in, they'll say, oh, the preacher's here, because he's a Christian. They'll say, the preacher's here, stop telling that joke. You better turn the channel. You better not be doing this because the Christian just came in the room. Did he walk into the room and stand up there and say, you shouldn't be doing this? No. All he did was walk into the room. What God has sent me with today is a message that says you can become so radically changed that when you simply walk into environments, let me just say that again, when you walk into environments that will change the environment so much that people will begin to shift their actions. And you know, I didn't tell this story in any other one, but I'm going to tell it in this one. Pastor Danny, poor guy, has to listen to all three of them. I mean, but listen, as I, I sometimes when I walk into the convenience stores, it it. it it, I immediately see people's faces go blank as they take things they should not be buying and hold them behind them. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? And depending on how heavy the object is will depend on how long I have the conversation with them. If it's a really heavy whatever... I, I will stand there and just talk to them about everything God is doing and their arm is about to fall off when I leave. Come on now. But I never say a word about what they have behind them because I didn't come in there. I came in there after, uh, uh, well, uh, probably after a zebra cake, but I came in there. Come on now. I came in there after something that, that I was after, but what happened was it caused them to change their environment. I used to love it back when we had blockbusters. Remember? Remember Blockbusters? And I'd come into Blockbusters and, and I'd be walking, you know, and they always had that section over there and, and, and I'd be walking and I'd kind of get as close to that section as I could and start looking at, at something right here. And then the person in this church who should not be in that section would look up and see their pastor standing beside them. I said, how you doing, man? Oh, 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 oh. Pastor, can you believe these things they have in here? I said, I don't know. I'm not over there, but you are. <laughs> I shouldn't say this. This was back, way back when blockbusters were really thriving and laptops were still kind of a new thing. And this, this, this one guy, he's like, he's like, pastor, pastor, pastor. He said, he said, quick, 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 come outside. I said, I said, no, no, I'm good. And he's like, he's trying to get out of that section. He's like, no, no, come outside, come outside, come outside. I'm like, why? He said, oh, I've just got a new shipment of laptops in the car. And I was like, man, those things are really nice. And he's come outside, come outside. And so I, I go outside and, and, and he's just trying to get out of that, that section. And, and we get out there and he, he says, he says, pastor, 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 look at these laptops. I said, man, those are awesome. He said, do you want one? I said, what? He said, look, give me 10 bucks, pastor. Just give me 10 bucks. I thought, be careful. Your sin shall find you out. Here's 10 bucks. <laughs> Thank God for that new laptop. Amen. But what I'm trying to tell you is, it wasn't that I went in preaching. It was that I went in. Could it be 
that God is looking for a people who do not match this world. Let me see what the scriptures say. Who are peculiar in the way they behave in this world. So they are zealous of good works and they are pushing people toward righteousness so that when they walk into an environment, are you feeling what I'm telling you today? It changes the environment that they're in. Not for the bad. Sometimes you... I had a friend call me this week. I can tell you a good story there about myself. I'll tell you a bad one. I was not in a particularly best mood when they called. A local pastor called me. And as he called, he started just, hey, pastor, what are you up to? And I said, well, man, it's great to hear from you. And, and, and after about five minutes talking to me, he said, Don, he said, I was in the best mood before I called you. He said, I'm ready to go out and hang myself now. Come on now. I said, no, man, I'm sorry. I said, you just caught me at the worst possible moment, and I'm frustrated, and I'm upset, and, and, and I realized, be careful. Because the, what you do affects everybody you encounter. Second quality of salt, ready for this? Salt preserves and enhances. Some people will tear down your life. Some people God puts in them to build your life up. Some people want to destroy and to hold you back. I've learned that. Some people want to hold you back. If you start trying to advance in your life, you get something nice, they'll attack your nice because they want, what, they want to feel better about the fact they haven't moved forward. And they want to destroy. But salt does not destroy. It preserves and it enhances. Now, as I'm talking to you about this, I want you to understand that so many times in our lives that we view a life of holiness as not living. Not living. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Not living. People say, well, I just want to live a little while before I serve God. You know how many times I, I have sat there with somebody that's been out doing something they shouldn't have been doing the night before and their head stuck in a, in a toilet losing their guts. And I'm like, how's living for you? <laughs> you see, living is knowing what life really is. Sometimes people don't know what's good. And I know this is going to sound silly, but the, the pastor I was with, this week, he, he was a 22-year-old missionary that had went to, to Russia and, and, and went there as a single man. And, and about, I think, four years into being there working, he met a, a, a young interpreter. And uh, uh, they developed a relationship and are married now and have, have uh, four children. And, 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 and I was so proud of him. I told him how proud I was of him. He, he you know, the, he married this little lady, and they, they're living now, pastoring here in the states. And 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 when he met her, she 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 spoke. She was taught in school British English, but he has corrected that. <laughs> we were sitting there, and she said something about like this. My heart just felt for them so much. I said. Son, you have done the right thing. You have taught her Southern English. Come on now. 
We started talking about the things she missed from home and the food she missed. And I'll be honest with you, the things I've experienced in the former Soviet Union to eat, I haven't overly loved. But, but uh, uh, there have been some good things there. But she was talking about the food that she missed. And, 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 and I, you know, we were just talking about healthy foods. They, well, let me rephrase that. They were talking about healthy foods. And I just made this statement. I said, I could live. Just give me a jar of peanut butter and I can survive. And she literally did this. She said, like she had peanut butter in her mouth. She said, she said, ooh, I hate peanut butter. I was like, you hate peanut butter? Well, that's because you hadn't tried Peter Pan. Taste and see that it's good. Can I say this to you as just as sincere as I can? A lot of times when you say you're a Christian, people go, Ooh, I hate religion. Because they've not tried what is good. Psalms 34 and 8 says it this way, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Look, let me show you that living for God is good. Living for God is good. And this is so important. And the way that we make it good is we have to identify, we have to identify that within ourselves a life that begins to have a balance, the right balance of, our, uh, of who we are in the flesh with the faith walk that God's called us to walk in. And this is important. Now, let me just ask you another kind of silly question, but have you ever just had like a Somebody made you a hot gooey pan of brownies and you had two more than you should have. I didn't say you had two. I said you had two more than you should have. You know what I'm talking about? You're full. And you get up, and when you get up, you walk straight over to the potato chip cabinet. Anybody know know what I'm talking about? Let me take me a minute. You want to try one? You got gum. That wouldn't be good. So, why then, when I've eaten too much, do I then want a potato chip? Because my body's out of balance with too much sugar. And my body instinctively is trying to get my life back in balance. Can I tell you that our church has been preached about in local churches uh, as the church that's grown to this size because apparently I preach a sugary gospel. I'm like, have you been there? (laughs) Some people walk out going, ouch, my toes. I'm like, have you been there? Apparently, it's because I no longer invite people to come to know Christ in a sanctuary that we've had so many years, a thousand people give their life to Christ a year in here. I'm like, are you kidding me? But the reason they'd say that is because so many people crave the sugar of this world. So the question is, which is salt... And which is sugar? Here's what you want to understand. 
What we need and what we want can be miles apart but look remarkably similar. And God's trying to change your life and there can be this massive distance and miles and miles apart in what you experience. So I have to say, which one of these is salt and sugar? If they are, this is a fact, if salt and sugar, or sugar and salt, or whatever it is here, I have guessed right twice. If salt and sugar are refined in the same way, you cannot tell them apart with the naked eye. So how are you going to know? Can I just stop for a minute and say this? I will probably get hate mail for this. That's okay. At least you're listening. We used to have people who made people dress a certain way and measured their sleeves and measured their shorts and measured. I mean, it was, it was, it was silly because we wanted you to be able to look at them and decide if they were holy or not. Listen to me. It is not what you look like. It's the qualities of your life. Now here's some things. All right, let's, let's try to figure out which one's the salt and which one's the sugar so that one of you can grab the spoon I have and take a spoonful. Are you ready? All right. Well, let me just, let me see, let me say here. Okay. Salt is 25% more dense than sugar. And if salt is 25% more dense than sugar, it means then it, it's, you know, the weight-wise is 25% more when they have the exact same amount. Now, unfortunately, we weren't able to get the exact same amount, but I'm going to, I told them to mix them up really good. I'm going to try these. No. Okay. Here's the problem. They're not equal. There's about a fourth less in here than there is in here. But guess what? They weigh the same. So that tells me, by theory, this is the salt. Mike's like, don't call on me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you ready? You know what I smell? The jar. I think I've judged correctly again. Yes? I am right. That is salt. I need to balance my life. Does anybody have a Twinkies? <laughs> Who said cinnamon roll? I preach the word of God and all y'all remember is the food I talk about. <clears throat> Didn't even get one thank you for the spike in sales this week. Come on. All right, listen. <clears throat> So the reason I was able to pick that it was salt 
because salt is weightier than sugar. Let me say it again. Salt carries more weight than sugar. A quality of a life that preserves and enhances other people's lives is they realize the words they speak carry more weight. I'm going to just be mean for a moment, but, you know, there are some people that you just need to stop listening to in your life. The dumbest thing I've heard a thousand times, it feels like, in 30 years of pastoring is, well, I'm, I'm getting divorced, Pastor. I said, well, who have you talked to about this? Well, my friends at work. I'm like, hold on a minute. You're going to listen to your friends at work and not listen to your mama and your daddy who gave you life? Oh, can I ask you one more question? How many of them have been divorced multiple times? I'm not criticizing people who have been divorced. I'm just criticizing people not considering the weightiness of their words. Well, can I just be real honest? If you get marriage advice from somebody who's been married five times, that's like asking me for a workout regime. Come on now. It doesn't make sense. But if you are the salt of the earth, the righteous children of the Most High God, when somebody looks at you and says, I'm thinking about this, or I'm thinking about committing this sin, or I'm thinking about going out and doing this, and they ask your opinion, you need to understand that you are equipped with the word of the living God because the power of life and death is in your tongue, and the way that you're going to preserve their life is to say what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, not what they like to hear, but what they need to hear no matter what. Salt of the earth. Listen to me. How you can tell the difference between sugar and salt crystals, not by the look, but by the taste. It's the taste that is left upon you after you've experienced it. Listen to me. If when people meet you, they don't know that you're a believer, there's a problem. I'm going to tell a story that's going to seem like I'm picking on a group of people. I'm really not. Um, It was just reality. I was sitting last year by the pool. We'd gone down to the Chipley campus. I'd been working with Pastor Mac, and and I had come in from work, and Christine and the kids were down at the pool, and so I was sitting by the pool, and as we're sitting there, I noticed this young couple beside us, and as we're sitting there, and they're playing with their child, I, I finally just said to their spouse, the, the lady, I said, I said, uh, uh, what kind of artsy career is your husband into? She said, excuse me? I said, well, what kind of ministry does he have? And, I mean, she's like, ministry? How do you know that? I said, he's in ministry? She said, well, yeah, he's a creative arts pastor, which is the new way to say worship pastor, for a church in Birmingham. He comes running over, and she's like, this guy knows you're a worship pastor. I'm just to sit there and go, God has spoken to me. <laughs> But the reality is his hair was stuck on top of his head. And when, when your swimming shorts resemble skinny jeans, I knew right there. Come on now. (laughs) 
Thank God Pastor Paul doesn't look like that. And he comes, he finally looks up and he says, before you give an answer to that, he says, honey, look at me. I'm obviously a worship pastor. But then we began to talk. And as we began to talk, here's what he said. He said, uh, you know, uh, so what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And, uh, and we're talking for a minute. And, he, and then I was like, well, my name's Don Allen. He goes, Pastor Don? Victory 91.5? I was like, yeah. He says, our family lives in Alpharetta. The closer we get to Atlanta, we immediately start searching for victory because it's life-changing. I was like, I really like you. <laughs> so he and I exchange information, and he's been messaging me throughout the year. And you know what I realized? He doesn't just look the part. He is the part. And there's something inside of him that, that, that really, really, really loves God. And it's a positive environment-changing character. Can I tell you, if you came in here this morning trying to look all clean, tear off the facade, and let Jesus get inside of you and change who you really are so you don't have to look the part, you can be the part. Come on, give God some praise today. I would be remiss if I didn't share with you this point, and you need this. Here's the, here, let's, let's, let's go back to school for just a moment. Listen, go to chemistry class, and here's what we understand. Salt is an ionic compound, okay? Salt is an ionic compound. An ionic compound is, means that it takes different charges and bonds them together. It takes people... Most churches are not ionic because they're only groups of people who all agree with each other. It takes people from all different kinds of backgrounds. People. <laughs> this just popped out of me in last service. Might as well use it again. It takes somebody with a PhD and sits them right beside and worshiping beside somebody who works a post hole digger PhD. Come on now. And, and, and it puts them in the same environment. And you know what? They realize something. I'm no better than you and you're no better than me. We're all saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what Ionic can do. But sugar is covalent. Covalent takes similar charges and bonds them together. So what that means is, if I take and add either one of these into a soluble, they will break down differently. An ionic compound will separate at its core molecular level. And when it separates at its core molecular level, it will attach itself to the composition of the soluble. This is important. Why? Because it's going to change what this is completely. A covalent compound, sugar, will not break down the molecular level, but will simply get between the molecules of the solution to change the flavor or the taste. So in other words, salt, which is ionic. Salt is what? Ionic literally changes fresh water into salt water. 
Now we understand that it changes fresh water to salt water if we view a salt aquarium or a freshwater aquarium. There are fish that can live in the fresh water and there are fish that can live in the salt water. If I want to provide the right environment for the salt water fish, I must add salt. And it ionically changes the environment so that they can now thrive in that environment. Different species of fish live in different ones. Here's the problem. Many of us are trying to bring our freshwater habits over into our new salt-filled environment, and we don't understand why we feel constricted and we feel like we can't breathe. It's because we can no longer try to live brackish in this world. A little bit of Jesus and a little bit of the world. A little bit of church and a little bit of the bar. We cannot do these things any longer. We must become a people who allow the spirit of a most high God to move down inside of who we are and who I used to be is no more. Why? Because I am a born again child of the King and I'm different now. Amen. You see, when we become the salt of the earth, the presence of God literally mixes with our lives and literally changes our composition. Whereas a covalent life simply makes things taste sweeter. And if you came to church this morning just hoping you could feel a little better about yourself, probably picked the wrong one. <laughs> but if you want God to change your life, you listen to what I've come to tell you. That the brokenness and the weariness and the struggles and the sin can be gone in Jesus' name. And he can change your life. So I guess the question is, are you ionic or covalent? Which are you? Are you literally changing the environments that you enter? Or are you simply adding a little bit of sweetness? Trying to be a cool Christian in a world that doesn't need a cool Christian because hell's too hot for cool Christians. You listen to what I'm about to say. The last mixture that I have here is if I were to take this salt and pour it into this sugar, do you know what it would create? You ready for this? This is profound. If I put that salt in that sugar, I end up with sugary salt. If I put that sugar in that salt, I end up with sugary salt or salty sugar. See, no chemical reaction will occur because the ionic and the covalent negate the flavor of both and it becomes worthless to everyone. If we are trying to live as a mixture of the world and Jesus, we become worthless to this world. Pastor Don, what do you hope for us? I don't hope for you, I hope for all of us that we might live up to the name by which we are called. That we might carry the banner of righteousness. That we might be found watching and waiting for the return of the Lord. 
that we would not allow what's happening all around us to change the the composition of our lives because we have already been changed by Jesus. Oh, that we might be different. Let me finish with this story from history today. When I go to Caesarea Maritima, the the rebellious side of my life comes out. Caesarea Maritima, there on the coast of Israel, is, for most people, one of the most beautiful spots they attend. They love the waves crashing. And any beach people in here? Any beach people in here? You love that place. Palm trees, crashing waves, salt in the air. I see none of that. I don't even see it. My favorite place, literally I have to break into. You know how many times I've taken pastors and leaders and went, come on, come on, let's break in. They're like, pastor, it says do not enter. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but, but they don't care. If I ever get arrested in Israel, just, just you know, answer my call. You know what I'm saying? But, so I pop up the little rope. And I scoot on, scoot on the road. And where it is, it's in the amphitheater there that um, Paul preached to Agrippa the gospel. I preached in that amphitheater. It's an amazing moment. Y'all see me do this. I've taken you there. And I was like, come on, come on, come on, let's go. And we go down there. And there's a space that's about as wide from the end of this stage to, to literally about where my foot is right now. It's about that wide. And it's the width of this, I mean it's the length of this so about that wide that's the cell that Paul lived in for two years underground two years that big, could you imagine that it was there that he wrote and encouraged others it was there that he would seek the face of God, and do you know what the greatest thing that happened there is (laughs) he caused a crime wave to happen from the cell that made them need other cells. Because what happened was, when you put an ionic Christian into that environment, what does it do? It changes the environment. And he so changed a dingy dungeon that the problem was every guard that they had to place within earshot of Paul became a criminal because they too converted to Christianity. So they need a problem. They need to get rid of this guy. Set him free or send him off. So they send him off and they send him to Rome. And they're not smart enough to keep him underground where he's only winning the guards. They say to him, leave your house, we'll kill you. So he goes to the door of the house, stands at the door of the house, and ionically preaches the gospel to thousands who stand in the street. Changes the environment because he didn't come to tear down but to enhance and preserve and to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tearing down strongholds but building up who they are. I felt like I saw that this week. I felt like I got to see that yesterday at the airport. We go in, and you know, nowadays you have to sign a form saying when you go into the airport that you have to have to put your mask on. Some of you just got angry. That's okay. 
let me finish what a story. I, I, let me just tell you what you know what I call this. You know what I call this? The mask of the beast. I hate these things. I will be so glad when all this is over and I can burn them. But I put on my mask because I said I would. I'm a man of my word. And I put on my mask and I went in yesterday. And as we, we approached the, the check-in area, I've already signed in online. And, and um, Pete and I are standing there waiting for Jason to check the, the bags and things. And, and as I'm, we're standing there, I noticed the little lady they've got serving there. She's so kind. She's an aged uh, African-American woman who's standing there. And, and she's, her arm is in like a massive massive brace cast and 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 it is and I looked at looked at her and I said ma'am we're about to have to Pete was holding a jar uh, or a case of uh, waters that we hadn't finished and I said we're about to have to throw these away can't take them through security and uh, you, are you thirsty she looked around like I'm about to get in trouble So we went to hand it to her, and I said, maybe we ought to open it, because she couldn't even open it. And I heard Pete say this as he, as he reached out. The Bible says when we give this to you, we give it as to Jesus. She was refreshed. So we're still stuck standing there. There was some, took a moment to have to check in. It took a little longer than normal, and we're stuck standing there. And I'm watching in her, and since she's, she's like this, they put her out front and her job is simple hey you forgot your mask and most people that went by went oh sorry but not everybody some people were more on their soapbox Some people were more, I have rights. This little lady, just trying to do her job. I have rights. Well, you, you do have rights. But you signed them away when you went to an altar and you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And you said this. You are now Lord of my life, and I am part of your kingdom. And that doesn't mean we violate who we are as a nation. I'm not even saying those things. I'm not even being political in this moment. What I'm trying to say to you is they were turning something that was simple into something, and I, and I realized something. It, it, what we did to her, it might have affected her, but it didn't affect her the way it affected me because I'm standing there because I'm the guy who hates these so much, saying, thank God, right this moment, I could actually tell her about Jesus because... I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And then I had to say something. If Paul could win his captors, are we living in such a way that we can win our neighbors? Or are we too busy screaming, I have rights? Can I tell you what the most important right is? 
the most important right is the right of heaven. That heaven paid the price for every single soul. And heaven has the right to reclaim every lost soul for the glory of God. And if I have to do things that seem uncomfortable, at least I'm not in a prison for two years underground. I must do the things that I must do not to lose the witness of the salt that I bear, to be the light in the darkness that shines, that tells people that Jesus is Lord. And if that means I have to be uncomfortable, then I'm uncomfortable for the cause of Christ. I'm not talking about elections. I, I'm so glad I can, I can sit down and, and don't have an ad pop up. I don't care who you pulled for. I'm like, thank God they're all gone. What I'm talking about is, if you scream so loud about things of this world that they cannot hear the scream of Jesus, it is finished, we have a problem. The salt does not destroy. The salt preserves and enhances. Stand with me today. I will be right down front and will be happy to take your questions about this statement afterwards. Spurgeon said, you've not really preached, basically. I think it was Spurgeon, was it he that said, you've not really preached until they're throwing things at you? If you must throw anything... Swiss rolls, Twinkies, zebra cakes, they're all welcome. Seven rolls. They're a little sticky. Make sure they're packaged. Bow your heads with me in this place. I'm going to pray quickly for you. I guess my question is, have you been preserving and enhancing the environments you live in? Is your neighborhood better because you're there? Is your apartment building better because you're there? Is your job cleaner because you're there? Is your extended family affected by the fact you showed up? God's trying to talk to somebody. Oh God, help us to live better. I want you to pray with me, but in your own words. But Lord, help us to be the salt of the earth. Help us, O oh God, to shine the light of the world. Lord, let us be that change agent that everyone we encounter, Lord, that it will take the people who, who don't necessarily think the way we think, and Lord, we won't change them to our thought path, but both of our lives will be changed to be on your thought path. God, that we would become a people who are hungry for more of you and less of this world. I have had the bitter sandwich of despair in my life lately. I want to feast at the table you prepare before me in the presence of my enemies. Forgive us, O oh God. And whatever must be done, whatever must be done that we can preach the gospel I watched last evening a group of prisoners who took their chains and turned them into worship instruments to proclaim the gospel of Christ in their own bondages. Set us free, O oh God. 
And let us, the church, have the quality of salt. With every head bowed and every eye closed, those listening, please pay close attention. Those, those that have joined us online, I'm speaking to you as well, but all that are here. I do not preach to you a sugary gospel. I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. How dare I make those churches that have preached against us right by not giving you a chance to know Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I'm tired of living on the, the out-of-balance life of this world. I'm tired of living in the sin of this world. I want to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm tired of feasting on things that don't matter. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. I want to ask you, pray with me. Who would say today, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to pray with you right where you are, but I want to pray with you. But if that's you, I need to know that you're here. Would you hold your hand high in the air if that's you? Today, I want to give my life completely to Jesus Christ. I'm looking around this room. Just hold that hand up if that's you today. If we already had forward respond, are there others today? This is your moment. This is your time. This is your hour. If you're watching online, simply say, that's me he's talking to. I'm waiting for you just a moment more. All right, Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, and I thank you for your presence. And I declare with the people here, we have tasted of the Lord, and he is good. Come on, help me with that. We have tasted of the Lord, and he is good. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. Oh,